For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for... The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, joining the show today is Luke Parrish. He has been on the show before, and he writes for us here at The Viking Age. So welcome back to the show, Luke. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me back. It's good to be back. Always good to, to hop in every now and again. Yeah. All right, so uh, a little over a week ago, Vikings cornerback Jeff Gladney turned himself into uh, police after allegedly assaulting a 22-year-old woman. The alleged crimes he's being accused of are very disturbing, and if convicted, he could be spending two to ten years in jail. Now, I actually thought the Vikings would have cut him by now, but as of today, Monday, Jeff Gladney is still a member of the Vikings roster. So are you surprised, Luke, that that Gladney is still with the Vikings right now and and do you think it would be do you think it would be a mistake for the team to keep him around after what he was accused of doing earlier this month? Yeah, I mean it's definitely a surprise. Um I know a lot of people are gonna argue like the first round uh I guess precedent that he has on him makes it hard to cut. But I mean there uh, there comes a point where you kinda have to move on. You have to take your losses and do what's right for not only your team, but for, for the player, for the locker room, for all parties involved, for the victim. And I think, I mean, I guess you could look at it from the perspective that they're just trying to make sure everything's cleaned up and cleared and they have all the details, but him turning himself in definitely kind of leans in the favor of something did happen yeah. and he, and he's guilty at least to some extent. We don't know, I don't know what that is yet, but. Definitely, it's a shock to see him still on the roster, especially with the draft coming up and 
I mean, I guess maybe they're looking to if they can't find the, the replacement, but that's not necessarily the right way to go about it. I don't think. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe I was thinking about it. You know, maybe we shouldn't be as surprised that he's still on the roster because Holton Hill, he got what those those two four game suspensions and. They still kept him around. Obviously, it wasn't as serious as what Gladney's being accused of right now. But then, you know, way back in the day, Adrian Peterson, 2015, he's accused of, you know, um, child abuse-related uh, charges. And, and the Vikings still kept him around. Mike Zimmer was the coach back then, and they still still kept him around. Now, obviously, Adrian Peterson is is was a much more accomplished player than, than Jeff Gladney is. Um, but to me, that... You know how what you've accomplished in your career doesn't matter if you're being accused of those crimes, but you know clearly it matters to these these teams because they've invested a certain amount of money and a certain amount of you know time into these players, so they feel like you know maybe we have to meet we have to be a hundred percent sure that this you know getting rid of him is the right decision. Um, and you could look at a team like even the Bengals who drafted Joe Mixon, who there's video of him just sucker punching a, a woman in the face and and the Vikings were actually a team who were interested in, in Joe Mixon uh, before he was drafted but um yeah I'm 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 I guess maybe I'm not as surprised you think maybe knowing me maybe me reminding you of those things makes it a little less surprising yeah I mean it the history kind of lends more of like credibility towards the Vikings not jumping the gun necessarily I mean yeah. I guess if you want to look at it like yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to cut them and move on, and then it come out later that maybe it was not true or not to the extent of the accusation right now. But I feel like it's always because they didn't they didn't cut J. Ron Curse either when he got uh, in his little uh, trouble. Yeah, few, I mean the Vikings are definitely very hesitant, which I guess yeah. is I, always a the bad a bad thing. But I think in certain uh, circumstances like this one, I think it's definitely. You just gotta, you gotta move on. It's yeah, the uh, headache. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because Mike Zimmer comes from a team, you know, like the Bengals, who were used to dealing with players who got in a lot of trouble, you know, like Pac-Man Jones and and Vontaze Perfect and stuff like that. And he was able to kind of hone that down. And I think that you know, since Zimmer's been with the Vikings, they've been they've been able to do a pretty good job of you know keeping yeah. out of the police plot, or at least compared to. Before he was there, when it's they, I think they like led the league in arrests. So uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a lot better. But yeah, it's, I'm just curious to see what they do with this this Gladney thing now. Now, even if the charges are dropped and he ends up not being convicted of of what he's accused of, Gladney could still face a suspension from the NFL. We've seen this other times. You know, look at Ezekiel Elliott. I think um, I don't think he was convicted of the the crime that he was charged with, but he still faced uh, suspension from the NFL. So. Um, thinking that that this is probably going to happen no matter what. Should the Vikings just use one of their selections in the first three rounds of this year's draft to be better prepared for Gladney missing a, a couple of games or more next season if they decide to keep him? It's definitely on the table. I mean, it, obviously, it's always going to depend on how the board falls. But if yeah. I mean, if one of the top corners is there in the first round, like if Sertan gets there at fourteen, I would have mm, no problem taking. Yeah. Um, and same with Caleb Farley. I know he's got medical concerns, but he, if he slips and they want to, if they do trade back and pick up a second, they can get him either late at first, top of the second. I would take that as well. Um, and that's the thing, like with Gladney, is they had him strictly playing in the slot. And I think yep. Sonny McKenzie Alexander now 
having Mike Hughes, who was probably not going to make the roster uh, probably two weeks ago, yeah, going to be in a questionable situation. You can still keep him and have him playing in that slot uh, as one of the, the the extra nickels. And now you open up the draft where you can go anywhere on on at cornerback. You can go outside. You can get sight. You can get speed. You can go wherever you want. So that does open things up. Um, I mean. I'm all for always taking a corner. You can never have too many. Uh, and I, that's Zimmer's philosophy. <laughs> we all know they, I mean, everybody was mad mm-hmm. they took so many. And within the span of a couple of years, they had no no defensive backs. Right. And, I mean, if you add, if you stockpile guys now, because, I mean, Patrick Peterson only signed for one year. Same with Mackenzie Alexander. And, yeah, so you can't just bank on one. You don't draft for just this year. You draft for most likely four to five. And, if you can find a stud and try to get him in the mix as a rookie and develop him like they did uh, dance for last year, just yep. get as many bodies as you can, let the best guy come out. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious that Peterson pretty much signed with the Vikings because he knew Zimmer could probably make him look the best, and then next year he could, you know, get a longer deal with, for more money somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, cause I I don't I don't think I don't think Patrick Peterson is a long term option with the Vikings. I'm happy he's with the Vikings. You know. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't see him remaining probably past this year. You look at someone like maybe like when Darrell Rivas signed with the Patriots for that one year, um, and then I think he went to the the Bucks or something after that, or 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 maybe I had that backwards. But um, or I think he went back to the Jets actually. Um, so uh, shifting gears here. So so last week uh, I was actually off for a couple of days, so I didn't get to respond to this when it came out. But ESPN's Courtney Cronin released an article that stated the Vikings' success in this year's draft depends on them finding a successor for Kirk Cousins. Um, it gets even better because she made it pretty clear that she didn't think the Vikings were going to be able to draft a top quarterback in the first round. So she thinks the Vikings should either trade into the second round or use one of their third-round picks on a quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins when the within the next year or two. Now, Courtney does she does good work for for ESPN, but I've I gotta disagree with her here. Uh, quarterback I feel like is way down on the list of needs for the Vikings right now. Um, so what do you think about her theory that the Vikings draft success this year depends on them finding a successor to Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I think I agree with you. Just the team is close to to competing. I think they can definitely make a run this year. Yeah, I would more so look at their success in this draft goes to finding enough players to who can make enough of an impact to carry them into the playoffs, carry mm-hmm. deep, like how they got Justin Jefferson last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they've they've added quarterbacks the last few years, either late in the draft or I know they got Jake Browning in undrafted free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, if you keep investing in the day two, day three picks, with the goal of them being successor, you're not going to hit very often. It's very Rare, you're gonna have you can bank on drop oh, a guy in but round Tom three. Brady was drafted in the sixth round. That's why I always, <laughs> yeah, I always hear. I, I, I love that argument. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, I guess it's every single player drafted sixth round or later is the next yeah. uh, Hall of Fame superstar. Mm-hmm. But I, I get the idea of wanting to add backups and add yeah. maybe light a fire on them like we saw with Jordan Love last year. Um, but I wouldn't say you can predicate the team success based on finding Davis Mills in the second round because I just yeah. don't think he's that good anyway. So <laughs> I, I don't want to go too off on him, but 
Yeah, I just think it's a kind of ignoring the fact that this is a pretty much a make or break year for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. You know, if they don't make the playoffs, those guys are probably gone. So they're not going to draft yeah. someone that might not even play if when you know they're around. Like, yeah, and even if even if they do draft him and something and Kurt does go down, which he's, I don't think he's ever been hurt in his career. No, I don't think that whoever they draft is going to get that time. I would assume they're going to still give that to Sean Mannion uh, if he gets brought back, or mm-hmm. even uh, Stanley. Uh, yeah, Nate Stanley, which again, not. <laughs> Please don't ever let him see the field for the Vikings, but. I would not be too worried about finding a quarterback, especially if with so many needs. I mean, there's still a lot of depth questions on defense, and you can look at receiver, offensive line. There's too many things where you would want to reach for a quarterback in round two or three and completely just ignore. Yeah, if you if you're not getting one of those top three quarterbacks, it's you know nothing against probably what Trey Lance, who's probably number four, depending on who you talk to. He's not. He's not worth. I feel like, depending on who's the, on the board at the time. Like you got, I threw this out there today. Like if you got Panay Sewell or Trey Lance on the board still at, at after the first five picks, who do you trade up for? Um, and I would go Sewell. Yeah. Well, especially for this team. I, I mean, it's gonna be different case by case. But the Vikings. Right. I'm not going to reach for a backup quarterback. Right. I think I think Trey Lance is going to be able to start from day one in the NFL if he goes to the right team, and, yeah. and if he if he starts in the action, I think he's going to be able to handle it. But you don't draft him at 14 and have him sit when you don't have an offensive line, you don't have yeah. depth at receiver, you don't have really any depth at linebacker, and you're just in your defensive end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's too many too many things to fix before you can even consider that. So, what would your reaction though be if the Vikings used one of their picks in the first three rounds on on a quarterback? <laughs> Not great. Uh, I mean, if it's Justin Fields, I'll take it. I love Justin Fields. I have, he's my number two quarterback. Um, yeah. Which, if but that's only if he falls. I don't want to trade up for a quarterback. Right. If he falls to fourteen, yeah, I'm taking that every time. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, he's not. He's not falling to fourteen. Yeah, there's no Is way. He? If he gets no if way. he gets to nine, I think Denver takes him. If not, New England trading up to get him. Yeah, and I don't even know if he gets that far. I think he, he might get the six. I feel like a, probably... I feel like a dark horse might be the Eagles. No, yeah, I think they're what twelve now after moving back. So are they twelve? Oh, they, oh yeah, because they traded with the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, so... I I forgot they're not at six anymore. And if they, they if they were at six, up into the top, they can move back up to nine. Oh yeah, yeah, they can. So yeah, I don't think he gets there. If it's any other quarterback in the top three rounds, I don't want. I don't want Kevin Lamond. I don't want Davis Mills. <laughs> I don't see it with them at all. Who's the kid from uh, Florida? Oh, Kyle Trask. No yep. way. <laughs> no <Yeah>. way. <laughs> anywhere in the first probably four and a half rounds. So. <laughs> um, all right. So the NFL is expected to pass a rule in the near future that would allow for each position group position group to have a much larger selection of jersey numbers to choose from. Um, some of the changes would allow running backs, wide receivers, defensive backs, and linebackers to wear some single-digit jersey numbers if they want to, you know, just like in college. Um, so so what do you think about this possible rule change? And is there anyone on the Vikings you would like to see switch their jersey number? I think it's cool. It'll be weird because you've never seen that really in the NFL. Like right. it's, it's an adjustment to make, but 
I mean, you see college guys. It's like tradition at certain schools. You just like I think at, at Temple, if you wear a single digit, it's it means something. Uh, different schools have like LSU has the number seven. Yep, it, it's yep. a tradition. So to see that carry over, I think that could be really cool. I could see potentially teams like I know the Chiefs brought up that uh, that rule change. Maybe down the line they turn that into something where whoever they like whoever their captain is, whoever they turn that into a certain number. Yep. I think that could be cool. Um, with the Vikings, Cam Dancer going back to three would be cool. Uh, I thought Delvin, I thought, or not I thought, but I saw Delvin Cook, he keeps posting stuff on like his Instagram of him in the number four, so it seems like yeah, he might want to do that. I know, I know when he was drafted, I remember he was asked like why he wore 33, and he was like, well, I can't wear four, I want to <laughs> do something different, so I'll just go with 33 because it's not a number many people wear. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he's made it work, I just don't think, that's not like a flashy number. It's like, I mean, you know, nobody's like, oh, I want to rock 33 for Dalvin Cook, but if he's rocking the four again, it's seeing yeah. it's a little more flashy. Might help him out. I, I mean, I'd be cool with it. Same with like Alvin Kamara. I don't want to watch a running back in 41 who's not just some <laughs> absolute tank running behind the line. Not Mike Allstott, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple guys. Justin Jefferson would be cool, but. He was number two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Personally, I just think this is a sneaky way of the NFL to make back a bunch of money that they lost uh, last year in the pandemic. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's just make a, a whole bunch of new new jerseys. Um, people will buy them, and they always do. They got, they got the color rush stuff, and people always buy that. So I'm just like, hmm, how convenient. Um, but yeah, I think I don't, I, some people are like, no, it's only for college. Keep it that way. And I'm like, it's jersey numbers. Like, who cares? It's, you know, like... <laughs> It was just weird, like a couple of years ago, to see a wide receiver in like the number eleven. So, like, you know, eventually this is going to happen too because this each team retires, keeps retiring numbers. You know, there's only a certain amount of numbers that they can you right. give. And like, then, if you like, do like, can you split to have same number offense defense? Can you, like, how yeah. Well, I think the Chiefs they did this because last year I think they had like three players wearing the number thirty, and and the opposing teams were like. Hey, what like what's going on? Here? <laughs> so, but so yeah, they did that because just there's they people they like to retire numbers and and honor players, and I understand that you know the Vikings have I think like they've retired Chris Carter's number and Fran Tarkenton, a couple other guys. They should retire John Randall's. They should retire Randy Moss's, but they haven't got around to that yet. Uh, maybe they maybe they will now with these 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 new uh, these new rules, which will, will allow them to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, so just looking ahead to the draft in a few weeks, uh, you, you cover a lot of this for us on the Viking Age. Go check that out. It does a lot of good work, a bunch of mock drafts and all that other fun stuff. Um, what are your four, your top four position groups you think the Vikings will be targeting with their, their top pick this year, whether it's in the first round or it ends up being in the second round or, or whatever? Uh, number one's going to be offensive line easily. I think it'll be wh- whether they explore and take a couple in the first few rounds or, I mean, I know that the, I, I assume they're taking one in the first round. Uh, I think they're going to probably look for that flexibility. A guy that can play guard and center, guard and tackle, yep. play either side of the line, um, which I think Elijah Bear Tucker is going to be the guy that intrigues them the most. Um, wide receiver depth is big. I think that should be a lot higher than a lot of people talk about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I like DC Johnson. I Chad BB does okay. Thielen's getting old. Yeah, and yeah, and that's a thing. He's what going to be thirty one, thirty two. I think 32, so. 
you can't have him forever. I mean, it's been a great story. It's, I mean, it's been incredible for him. Mm-hmm. At some point, you've got to get somebody else. Um, get young legs, get depth. I mean, you can't just roll out with DC Johnson being your fourth down extra receiver who's <laughs> not going to make the play. Um, or Tajay Sharp taking the fourth and one, whatever <laughs> it was. Uh, so yeah, wide receiver should be up there. Treadwell's still available. You know, they could, they I, could go get him. He knows his system. That's, that's going to be the big argument. He knows the system. <laughs> I want Treadwell, but he's not the guy. Uh, cornerback's always going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just as the nature of the team. I think they will target that at some point. And then I think safety is a big one. Xavier Woods, again, just one year. Uh, I yep. don't think he's a guy who you can rely on necessarily. Like, I don't, I think he can be the starter. I think he can prove that. But I don't think you can just go into the draft thinking we have our starting safety next to Harrison Smith. If you can find somebody who falls, you've got to take them and at least make competition, make them work. And, and if not, you have a really good third safety. So, Yeah, are there guys um, available in this draft who can maybe either start out at corner and shift to safety or, or vice versa where they can place both positions? Ooh. That are, wor- that are worth it? I know you've you've seen a lot of my stuff about Jamar Johnson. Uh, the in that, Indiana? Yeah. Yep. So I'm an IU guy, so I, yeah, I, yeah, I watch yeah. him quite a bit. But <laughs> I know he played a lot of safety for them, but I know he, he, I mean, he can slide into the slot. He does very well as, a, as an extra corner if they need him to be. I think he can do I think Javon Holland can be an extra nickel corner. Is that uh, a kid from Syracuse? Oregon. Oregon. Andre Cisco out of Syracuse is a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, I think he's more of a just a traditional deep safety, uh, but he can come down into the box and get a hybrid linebacker if you want him to do that. Similar to Jaron Curse, just doesn't have nearly the size. Um, yeah. But explosive player plays the ball really well. Um, and the safety class gets kind of discredited as being weak, but I I don't think it's that that's the case. I think you can find a lot of really uh, like day one starting caliber safeties throughout this draft. So. Yeah, I mean, what Winfield was drafted second round last year, and uh, he did pretty decent for the Bucks. Um, you mentioned you mentioned wide receiver, so I'm going to ask you when when do you th- think the Vikings will actually draft a wide receiver, and when should they draft a wide receiver? I think they'll take at least one in the fourth round. Fourth round. I know they've got a bunch of picks. Yeah, four picks. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll take at least one, maybe two there. Um, if I mean, obviously, if like one of the big three falls in at fourteen, that's another one where value yeah. probably doesn't fit what they want. But I would take Jalen Waddle at fourteen if yeah. if Slater and Sewell and the quarterbacks are gone, and probably even Sertain. What if what if, uh, what if Bateman's there? That's. It's questionable. Yeah. That that might be a little bit too high for me, uh, but I do. I mean, he's still. I think he's going to go round one. If they trade back and they get him at in the early twenties, great. Yeah. Um, but I think round three is probably like the highest they they will take one, and I wouldn't hate that. Depending, I mean, I really like Yami Brown from North Carolina. Yep, I think he'd be a, an excellent pick for them. Great fit. Um, but also Dwayne Eskridge out of, I believe, Western Michigan. I get all the Michigans confused. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good player to play the slot for them. So, I don't know. I think they go round four and probably add a few on day three, uh, just to bring in as many as they can. Um, oh, they but, they don't have any seventh-round picks right now, but I'm sure Spielman will get some. Seven. Yeah, and then <laughs> they'll get a couple of receivers usually do that. What, what was the year where they had uh, – they got two receivers, I think, in the seventh round. Kid from 
from Oregon, and then uh, yeah, they got uh, Miami Mitchell. too. Yep, and, and I think they signed Braylon Addison, Addison that year. And the kid from Miami. Who's the kid from Miami? Um, I can't remember. He played. He actually played, or he might have been drafted the year before. Um, with uh, Rodney Adams, who was the, the other guy? Oh, uh, Stacy. Yeah, Stacy Coley. Stacy Coley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the I remember they <laughs> the board of just receiver receiving like okay yeah none, none, none of them yeah none <laughs> of them worked through it everyone's like oh they got digs in the fifth round and Thielen was undrafted they, all these guys are gonna be good and it's like mm. no they're not <laughs> sometimes you just get lucky <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so who are some of the maybe lesser known prospects in this year's draft that you that you really like that that you think would fit well with the Vikings um. Offensive side of the ball, I really like CJ. I think it's Marabel, running okay. back from Coastal Carolina. Okay, I uh, really like him as a probably a round seven undrafted guy. Yep. Um, wide receiver, there's just so many to choose. I think mm-hmm. Amir Smith Marset from Iowa fits the re- the receiving and uh, punt return aspect that they need. I'm really tired of watching muffed punts and no returns. Mm. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's a nice little mood killer. Um, Man, Brady Christensen, uh, the tackle out of uh, BYU. Okay, I, I think he kind of fits more of that profile that they look for at tackle. And, and my big one defensively is Tony Fields, uh, linebacker, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Really like him. Uh, it's like they're not going to. See a linebacker, or more of a more of an edge rusher. Linebacker, more of a traditional linebacker. Okay. Undersized, I think he's like six foot two twenty, something like that. But okay, not a huge guy, but I think that. They could implement him similar to what they you would, would use Eric Wilson, just yeah. extra third body at linebacker can stop the run, but it's more just gonna be a coverage guy, uh, which they need. Eric Wilson, who was supposed to be you know better than Anthony Barr, but didn't get signed until three weeks after fi- free agency began, or nothing. <laughs> yeah, woo, superstar. Tell you. Um, yeah. So, anyone else on the defensive side of the ball? Um. Or any 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 punters or kickers or returners? <laughs> uh, definitely not punters and kickers. Never draft those. No uh, returners. No, Daz Newsom, another U, uh, North Carolina guy. I think you can use him in a similar way as Amir Smith Marset. Uh, might be more developmental than you want. Uh, Josh, I'm going to butcher this name. <laughs> um, and more, I don't. I'm not gonna. All right, we'll go with it. Illinois wide receiver, okay, big guy. I think he's six two, two thirty ish, high point the ball kind of guy. Um, he's not gonna be that returner type, but he's gonna be that big body on the outside, which I, I think is what they wanted with Treadwell. I just didn't pan out. Um, they've kind of been looking for that red zone threat. Um, and then a tight end I really like is Pro Wells out of TCU. Uh, I think he's hmm. that receiving that they want. I, he fits kind of the similar play style that you get with Tyler Conklin. Um, so if you need that extra guy to come in in case of emergency, then you've got at least somebody with a viable skill set. Do the Vikings have any chance at landing Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss? I like this kid a lot. Man, I don't, th- and I don't think there's a way because they're not going to trade back and try to get him if they do trade back. Has and he I moved think, up into the first round? Do you think he's? I think he's very close. Stuff? I'm yeah. going to assume he's. In that twenty-eight thirty-five range, 
Because he ran like a what, like a four three something, four two nine or something. Uh, something well, pro yeah. day, pro day forty. But. Which that's probably like a four four. Whatever, four, it's still four, fast. Four, three. But yeah, I mean, he skyrocketed. I mean, the, two months ago he was day three flyer, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, he might get into day two. And now it's he probably goes top round two at the latest. Um, he probably goes to Tennessee at twenty two or wherever they're at. Uh, and they just they get their old Miss guys with him and AJ Brown, but yeah, he's very exciting. I just don't know. I I find it very hard for Minnesota to land him because I think he's like a super Chad Beebe. Like he does similar things, but way 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 better. Yeah, <laughs> which is good because um, um, Chad Beebe can get open. He just um, can't really do anything after he gets the ball in his hands. Yeah. Which is something that uh, I've noticed Elijah Moore can do. Yeah. Very good after the catch. Yeah. Much faster and and quicker. Uh, I'll get you out of here with this. Um, Just how many quarterbacks do you think will be drafted in the first round this year? I'm going to just stick with four. I'm not buying the Davis Mills in the first round talk. Uh, I don't think Kellen Mond or Kyle Chask get up there. Yeah. I think it might legit be four in the first four picks, whether Atlanta stays at four and takes whoever's left or if somebody moves up to secure them. But I don't think any get through the top ten. And I think after that, then we start seeing a run on wide receivers and tackles. So so you don't think the dude from Alabama is getting drafted in the first round? Oh, dude, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> I wouldn't take him in the first round, but yeah, no, no, that no. makes five. Damn, yeah. I'll go five. Yeah, I, was just, <laughs> I was making sure. I'm like, I, I, I'm fine with it because I haven't seen anything from him to be like blown away where he's yeah, like I, my comparison for him is Kirk Cousins and that's what I've, that's what I've heard and people are like ah oh, ter-. I'm like it's not that's terrible. not a bad thing but it's also do you take that top five if you can add yeah. and try to get another quarterback down the line eh, it depends on what you want I mean a team like Washington could use them because they're ready to compete right mm-hmm. now but a team like who's picking top five and isn't ready to win their division. I, he's also like an old, I feel like he's an older school type of quarterback where he's, I, I, I don't think he has a ton of mobility. Um, from what Not I've outside seen. the pocket. Yeah, from he's, what I've seen. He's fine in the pocket, yeah. but he's not, he's not going to wow you. He's not going to do, doesn't have a crazy arm, doesn't have, like he's not going to run. He's not going to do much outside of being a good. Is he a product of the Alabama team having, all the best players in the world on their roster. I think it certainly helped. I think it helped him more than it helped Tua. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think he's still very good. I think he knows what he's doing. He He's not going to sit here and, like, he's not going to blow you away with his arm. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't watched him enough to know, like, how well he is with his reads, but I know he runs the offense very well. And that's what, I mean, that's all you can ask for out mm-hmm. of a young guy, but I don't know. I I don't like him. I don't. I wouldn't take him in the first round if I had the chance. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Alabama's had success with guys in the NFL who are like strictly like pocket passers. It's been yeah. If anyone's had success, it's been. I don't, I don't even know if you can define what Tua and, and Jalen Hurts have have done as as like success, but they look like they've already performed better than some of the guys. You know, like AJ McCarron and. Some of the other guys, I'm, maybe I'm missing someone and I'm actually like wrong here, but I don't remember anyone else from Alabama 
blowing anyone out of the water. I might have seen some of them in like the XFL or the AFL, but uh, or the whatever. What was that? The uh, American Football League or whatever. I can't remember what it was called because it was like three weeks. It lasted for like three weeks. Oh, the uh, American Alliance Alliance of American Football. Yeah, that's what it was. Whatever it was. Uh, yeah, that that wasn't going to be doomed as soon as they revealed their name. Um, that's going to do it for us today, Luke. Thanks for joining. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, Twitter at Luke Parish underscore NFL. I think Parish with two R's. That's think, a big one. You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luke Parish underscore NFL. There you I've go. Changed it a few times. But. Follow him. He's got some good draft stuff. He always posts. Uh, what he's writing on the Viking Age. And speaking of the Viking Age, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.